Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Have you ever wondered what would happen if a heat ray made of nuclear power ran through your city? Do you think that your home is up to code to withstand the sheer force of the ray? It definitely is not, so call us at Nucleo Shield to set up your new fortress today. We will come in and install a titanium wall around your home that pops up with just a touch of a button. Good if you think a nuclear-fueled monster is coming through your town, or maybe just the next Chernobyl. No matter the nuclear disaster, we got you covered. Not exactly Godzilla-proof. If he steps on your house, that's your own fault. Messaging rates may apply. Not available in any coastal cities. I'm Sydney Lee, your fun-loving buddy old pal. And here with me is Max Allen, the boy wonder, and the fan-favorite OG host, Bryce Hansen. We are so excited to get back to our roots by solely reviewing horror movies. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Full video available on YouTube. Don't be a square. Make sure to share. Um, also, check out patreon.com slash horrormovietalk, the equivalent of the adult section at your video rental store. And if you want to add your pee-pee to the community pool, go to horrormovietalk.com or call 682-253-4468 and leave us a voicemail. Um, we've got a great show today. We are reviewing Godzilla Minus One. Um... We'll start out Ooh. by giving a brief review, and our score for the movie, we score on a scale of 1 to 10. No half C's allowed here. Um, <laughs> I have been... You've been scarred. You've been traumatized before listen. by trying to do a half score. <laughs> After we give the score, we'll get into spoilers, take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. 
Later, we're going to do horror movie horrors. We haven't done that in a while, and I want to hear from you guys. There's a couple so voicemails out there. Got, saw a couple of the emails about it, and I'm excited to listen. Um, all right, so Godzilla Minus One is in theaters now. Um, around me, it was at weird time, so I had to go like 20 minutes away, but no big deal. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say it's probably yeah, not in theaters not. anymore <laughs> by the time you hear this. I think it's in the second run theater here now. Like, I, I went the last day where it was in the regular theaters. Yeah. Um, it'll be available yeah, somewhere soon, I'm sure. Yeah, it'll be streaming sure. somewhere for rent somewhere. But, yeah, the theater closest to me was like, oh, we're showing at 1 p.m. And I was like, well, I have to work, so I can't really go see that. But... Well, honestly, we were probably the last people to see it. So if you're listening to this podcast, probably. good chance you've seen the movie. <laughs> right. But it still yeah, counts as a new that's movie. That's true. Okay? It only came out like a month ago. <laughs> yeah. It's still in theater. In theaters. Exactly. <laughs> still has a theatrical release. Um, all right. So this movie, um, it's directed by Takashi Yamazaki. Um, Godzilla Minus One follows the story of Koichi, played by Kamiki Ryunosuke a kamikaze pilot at the end of World War II who didn't want to go full kamikaze, so he says that his plane is faulty and lands on Odo Island for repairs. Once there, a baby Godzilla arrives and decimates everyone except for Koichi and Tachibana, the main repairman. Koichi eventually makes it back to his home in Tokyo to find that his parents have died and Tokyo has been almost flattened by the war. Koichi encounters a girl named Noriko, played by Minami Hamabe, and she latches onto him for support for her and the baby she's carrying, and they become a happy family. A couple years later, Godzilla comes back bigger and better than ever. Will Koichi defe defeat the monster? You'll have to wait and see. Um, so my review, this movie has it all. It had me laughing, crying, shocked, upset, enthralled. Um, to bounce from hard-hitting emotional scenes to incredibly jarring and crazy action scenes have, and have it effortlessly flow is extremely difficult, yet director Yamazaki did it seamlessly. It was a wonderful movie that depicts Japan's ruin and rebuilding after World War II and how the war never left anyone's minds, even for a second. Oh, and Godzilla was absolutely killer. Um, I have never seen another Godzilla movie in full before. Kill me, I know. I know. Um, but I can tell that they went back to the basics and kept what worked from the original and newer films. From the score to the visual effects to the character building, it was absolutely flawless. The Japanese invented Godzilla. It's only right that they are the best at making films about it. And I give this a 10 out of 10. Mm -hmm. Nice. High praise. So what do you guys think? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I really liked it too. Um, the only... Godzilla movie that I've seen in full is Godzilla versus King Kong. Um, Are you guys and... kidding me? I've seen nope. like six Godzilla movies, and they're all <laughs> fun in their own way. Okay, nerd. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I I think I tried watching the first one, and it was just like too much like fifties. Sci-fi scientists in in uh, buildings talking yeah. about things, um, and not enough Godzilla stomping on things um, to to capture my attention. Um, it's like I mean, if you watch like uh, Mystery Science Theater three thousand, like the types of 
movies where it's just a bunch of scientists talking science about um, sci-fi topics uh, for 90% of the movie. That's what the original felt like. And to be honest, it had a little bit of that in this. Um, It really seemed to recapture that kind of 50s style um, sci-fi movie vibe while also you know integrating like a really um you know a real emotional core with the the main character and his family or his adopted family and yeah it uh, did many things really well i really enjoyed it too i and in terms of like uh a stand-in as kind of an analogy of the of the fear and guilt around the atomic bomb in Japan. Like it's, it's like does a real service to, uh, kind of what the original Godzilla was the stand in for. Um, yeah. So yeah, I noticed that they, in the American versions, they always make Godzilla kind of the good guy. Kind of, (laughs) it's kind of odd. I wonder, uh, I wonder why they do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a... Uh, hmm. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it came out in the 50s, so there's definitely, you know, your grandpas or great-grandpas were not like, oh, no, not the Japanese. Don't destroy Tokyo. Yeah. <laughs> like, when they're still having, like, PTSD of of uh, people jumping out of holes and <laughs> firing on them. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's really good. Um, it was definitely hyped up before I went and saw it as being a a really great movie. Um, I, I give it a nine out of 10. Um, I don't have a strong reason for not giving it a 10, but it's just not, it's a bitch move. It's, it's, uh, you know, I was, I was emotionally affected by it, but it's not like something that I would come back and say like, this is a movie everyone has to see um i don't know i uh, i'm i mean just chalk it up to racism i guess (laughs) i do yeah um i i also give it a 10 out of 10 i thought it was a perfect godzilla movie probably the best (laughs) godzilla movie i've ever seen really like the topic of like suicide bombing i just think that that's like a taboo topic that I haven't heard in like forever. And so it's really interesting to have that be one of the main focuses of the movie. And like, as far as themes go, I just thought that like, uh, I don't always pick the theme that like everyone else seems to notice. For me, the theme was like preserving human life is more valuable than sacrificing human life. And I just thought that was really interesting. And so uh, for a Godzilla movie, to have a really interesting plot as well as cool effects and action um that was just great because i feel like a lot of especially like the american versions really just focus on how good they can make the cgi on godzilla and how cool it looks when he's like fighting other monsters which is awesome and i like that but the story is often very dumbed down and put to the side and this felt like the story was the main thing we were there for and Godzilla was just this huge cherry on top that was doing all sorts of cool stuff 
and he looked pretty good other than like a few scenes where I think that he looked a little weird. Um, but that was kind of just the style they went for and I thought it was really cool. So yeah, I, I give it a 10 out of 10. I thought it was super fun and probably the best Godzilla movie I've ever seen. And uh, I think you should go see it. Well, that's high praise. You know, I, I, I just realized that there's another Godzilla movie that I saw all of, which was Godzilla 1998 um, by Roland Emmerich, starring Matthew Broderick. Wait, 1998? Um, that's not the dinosaur one, right? Where he's like a T-Rex? <clears throat> um, well, he looks a little different. Um, he doesn't look I like don't... your regular Godzilla. But okay. uh, it's just as good. <laughs> No, it's it's a terrible, terrible. So movie. I've seen I've seen all three of the newest American ones. Um, that's Godzilla twenty fourteen, Godzilla King of Monsters, and Godzilla versus Kong. And um, I liked all of those. I didn't think they were like amazing movies. I definitely wouldn't give them ten out of ten. And then I've also seen Shin Godzilla, which is a wild ride. Um, I've heard that's the one to see if you're going to see, like, yeah. traditional Godzilla. It's, uh, that one also has a pretty boring storyline. It's, it's a lot of, like, government stuff, a lot of just, like, meeting mm -hmm. in rooms. Um, but the Godzilla design is so wacky and over-the-top and crazy and kind of scary. Um, and so I think that that movie is uh, kind of – I see a lot of that movie in this one as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my Godzilla. I just realized this came out before you guys were born, probably. Size does matter. Yes, it did. This is very much a 90s. <laughs> um, so you can see the design there. He's he's very much, yeah, he is more dinosaur-like. Wow, that's yeah, really different. I don't like that. Um, it's got a great soundtrack. I got to say, I'll, I'll plug the soundtrack, um, which I had playing on my stereo all the time but yeah this is an awful whoa movie. they created a little town for that yeah man. this was a this was a big budget movie like this That's was actually really cool the blockbuster of 98 you know and it failed horribly um in the box office it was they're probably bad. riding off the success of Jurassic Park, which was in 1990, and they were like, "Oh, we yeah. should make Godzilla like more dinosaur-y because everyone's obsessed with dinosaurs right now." But I don't think that. I mean, I didn't see it, but like, the way Godzilla looks, he, even in like the 50s ones, he doesn't look like a dinosaur. He looks like a mm -hmm. monster, and I think that's what mm -hmm. you need to push on that. And like, Godzilla looked crazy in this movie, like. I saw a little bit of Godzilla versus Kong, and I just, like, I don't know. It's the emotional part of it that I think American movies can get wrong because they, like, try to push this emotional agenda, and it's, like, but you don't really care about the characters as much as, like, this movie really set up the characters. They really made you love the characters before shit went crazy. So I think, you know... Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Godzilla, Godzilla versus Kong was fun. I mean, it was like mm. they knew what they were, what audience wanted right, with the right. Godzilla versus Kong. There's a movie. giant robot in it. It's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> the Mecha Godzilla, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mecha Godzilla was in it. <laughs> it's like, sure, why not? People love robots. Um. Yeah. So, 
anyways i think we all agree it was good yeah people should yeah. see it yeah definitely go see it um but with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you are listening to these commercials, you know you don't have to. You can go to our Patreon at HorrorMovieTalk.com slash Patreon and you can give us money and you can listen to episodes with no ads and with no mid-roll and you can get extra episodes you can get the after pods it's really worth it and our patreon pick that's going to be coming out soon or will probably be out around the same time as this episode is really fun and interesting and you guys are going to love it so subscribe to our patreon um also on horrormovietalk.com you can go to our shop you can buy sweatshirts you can buy t-shirts um you can support us and they're great they're great quality they're very comfy. You should get some. Um, and also, don't forget to check out our resident artist, Dustin Goble, a professional artist who fucks hard. He also takes commissions for artwork from HMT fans. Contact him at dgobel 0 on Instagram and make your artistic dreams come true. Tell him that HMT sent you. Um, and our voicemail line, once again, is 682-253-4468. And you could be on one of our episodes, which is so much fun. Um, and, you know, just thanks for listening. Thanks again for listening. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's get into spoilers. Um, so yeah, I mean, the movie starts at the end of World War II, um, in 1945, um, Koichi, like I said in the, um, synopsis, he lies about his plane being faulty because he really didn't want to kill himself, um, as a kamikaze, and so he lands on Odo Island, and everyone catches on to him like they check out his plane and they're like hey nothing's wrong with your plane man like what what do you mean and then boom godzilla comes so no time to ridicule koichi because um everyone starts getting ripped apart and that's a fun way to start a godzilla movie is just being like here we are here we go this is what's going on but um from the bits and pieces of other godzilla movies i've seen He's obviously really small in this. So this is, like, the start of Godzilla. Like, this is, like... I mean, I wouldn't say, like, the birth. But, yeah, I guess it could be. Like, I guess this is, like, the prequel to all the Godzillas. <laughs> I think it... I think it talks about how later, like, all the radiation from, like, 
um, testing the, bombs has like yeah. mutated him. Oh right. Okay. Yeah, it shows the bikini atoll bomb and shows him get irradiated. I was I was gonna ask what that was because I wasn't sure because I was like I think I need to know background knowledge about Godzilla to understand what the atoll scene was. Oh, uh, bikini atoll. It's just a was one of the testing sites for um like the a bomb. Oh okay. Or okay. was that after? Yeah, I think that was after the war. Um, mm -hmm. Which would make sense because the war had just ended and then they do that testing in here. Yeah, so it, it starts and it's like, it, it, it mentions that it's like basically days away from the war ending. Um, mm -hmm. What is the most like, um, uh, like a noticeable exclusion from this movie is there is zero mention of the a-bomb of the of hiroshima and nagasaki and <clears throat> it's really interesting because it shows the aftermath of tokyo being firebombed which right is probably the more devastating attack in terms of like human casualties i think um and and it it doesn't mention the a-bomb like it, it doesn't like have a scene where that happens you know and yeah, i guess because... the characters just didn't live in that area and so they were more concerned with the the raid yeah i mean i think uh there's that sure yeah but i mean like it feels like it, it underlines more what godzilla is really symbolizing which is yeah. like nuclear power and the destructive effects of it because when godzilla makes his attack in tokyo a couple of years later it's like okay well this is very obviously a commentary on um you know the nuclear attack yeah which um, i love i think that that's um exactly what godzilla should be there to represent and I, I like the name of the movie, Godzilla Minus One. Um, I took it as Japan was already at ground zero, completely devastated, and now they're set back yet again with Godzilla. Mm. And so to, to me, that was just a, a really interesting way to look at it. Yeah, that is interesting. Do, do we know why it's called Minus One? Like what the, is there a rationale on that? specifically should we should we find out real quick the minus one refers to the fact that the japanese had already been devastated by world war ii wow you're you're look at i'm right on the money did you just steal this from imdb no i brought did not. down yeah it says I brought mean, down to, to zero other people about it i've talked but to my friends the, about it so with the emergence of godzilla it puts J japan into the negative Wow, this reflected in the film's original Japanese tagline, which translates to post-war Japan from zero to minus. Huh. Interesting. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's... it's a uh, Godzilla is a monster, you know? It's like he, he was a monster that existed before, um, you know, from, from this opening scene. But the, um, you know, atomic war has made it 
even worse, which yeah. is like this specter of absolute destruction that hangs over everyone's head, which is apt. I mean, it's a really great analogy, you know, of of uh, post-World War Two and like everyone was all traumatized and everyone's like trying to uh handle survivor's guilt and um and trying to rebuild like absolutely the entire world is like destroyed and also it might happen again soon you know mm. <laughs> which is yeah i i'm just like i'm telling you godzilla works better as a bad guy and mm -hmm. it's just so awkward when uh american directors are like well but what if godzilla was necessary what if we needed godzilla and he was really important, actually. Yeah, I mean, what... Aren't some of the Japanese movies, isn't Godzilla kind of the... Aren't they cheering on Godzilla in some of the movies? Like, especially the... I haven't the, seen all the Japanese ones. I mean, even even the name of Godzilla in Japan is Gojira! So it sounds like they're more excited about him. <laughs> right? No? Maybe. Maybe they're which, excited about it. Yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, I think there's different... I might be completely wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure that at different times, Godzilla's kind of seen as maybe not the hero, but, like, the ones that they're getting behind in a certain situation. I don't know if, you know, Mothra's the bad guy and Godzilla versus Mothra. I think Mothra or, is also a good guy, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Yeah, so, I don't know. That's a good question. I guess I should probably watch some Godzilla movies. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, where are we? So, yeah, Koichi and Tachibana are the only two people that survive, and Tachibana is really mad at Koichi, so kind of wants nothing to do with him because he didn't... It's very dishonorable to not um, complete your kamikaze mission in Japan, which was very evident when he got back to Tokyo and his neighbor was like absolutely pissed that he came back but then you find out after he finds out that his parents are dead he's obviously very upset but he was talking to like a picture of his parents and he said you told me to come back alive so I came back alive and you guys aren't here anymore and it's like it's really sad it's really sad yeah that was yeah, another I mean that was another kind of theme that I was looking at was like, what's more important, honor to your country or honor to your family? And it's like his family was obviously telling him, do whatever it takes to come home alive. Right. And his country was saying, do whatever it takes to die right now in this plane. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's it's interesting because like I, especially with like American portrayals of, of the Japanese in World War II, it's very... Um, it doesn't show any of the human side it's like they're so zealous and indoctrinated into um you know sacrificing themselves for the war that um it's it's just a very daunting uh enemy because they're willing to literally just commit suicide to make sure that a missile lands um but you know humans are humans and so <laughs> I'm sure every single one of those kamikaze pilots were um conflicted um cuz you're you're indoctrinated and you're like 
told that this is the honorable thing and you're given all this importance from your from your sacrifice and um so you kind of have to intentionally blind yourself to like looking at the <laughs> the rational um uh, questions which are like can't we just drop a bomb like everyone else <laughs> yeah and then fly away or yeah like uh does it really matter if we if everyone i mean that that's the thing like in the opening scene you know they kind of discover that like okay he's probably lying about this plane being malfunctional but also the lead um mechanic was like i get it bro like the war is gonna end anyways everyone knows it like why why would this matter you know yeah um it's a and so you look at it as like okay yeah why why would you do that you know why would you go out and sacrifice yourself when it's a foregone conclusion how the war is going to end at that point um but and then it, it has like the secondary um action which is while godzilla is attacking this little island of mechanics they asked um uh, koichi to to fire his gun from the plane at and godzilla he freezes and he freezes because you know he doesn't want godzilla's attention he's watching it yeah godzilla completely decimate everyone around him he's like maybe as long as he's not looking i shouldn't poke him on the shoulder and um and so that incidence where it, it's kind of interesting what the movie does because it takes the um abandoning of his kamikaze mission as understandable but also it creates a stand-in for that in this scene where it's like yeah but you also should have fired on godzilla with your gun because because you didn't do that it resulted in the death of all these people and right. so that's yeah. kind of how they were treating um the failure of the kamikaze mission as well which is like no yes you saved yourself but by saving yourself you possibly got a lot of people killed um right yeah well it it's shown as like a reasonable decision but it also uh with that scene of him in the plane not shooting godzilla i think it kind of shows that um you know he's also a little cowardly you know he's, right at, at this point in the movie at least right he um he probably made a good decision not killing himself for no reason mm -hmm. um but he also won't stick his neck out to save other people which is a problem yeah um so yeah so then he goes back and i i was confused about the picture thing that he got on the ship on the way home for a while but it was the pictures of all of the men that died either the kamikazes or the people on the odo island and mm -hmm. then that i mean like that mixed with the war that happened around him and seeing Godzilla kill people he just has like really bad PTSD and he has these nightmares of Godzilla and they're recurring and he thinks he's dead and that's like a theme throughout the movie that he keeps thinking he died and this is like like some dream that he's been living like especially once like he meets uh, Noriko and like she kind of invites herself in because she's homeless and she has this baby that was given to her by the parents that died they said take care of this baby so there's like a little adoptive family going on and he just feels guiltier and guiltier 
as the years go by um, for like the mistakes he's made and the dishonor that he's done and he thinks like somehow by not like well this is what I got from it he thinks somehow by not um, being like killing himself in the plane he kind of caused his parents to die and so I think he just feels this immense guilt and he feels guilty for not shooting the gun and he like it's just constant guilt and um, it just eats him alive and that's why he like everyone's telling him to marry Noriko and he's like no no like no I can't and I think that's one of the reasons why is he's like I'm so fucked up like I'm so fucked up and like I could dishonor you I could like I could I don't know what I'll do so I don't want to just like go into this and it, and that does play into like the cowardly portion of himself too because he, he's like oh I'm so fucked up which is true like he does have this PTSD and it's very real but it's also like just take the leap and that is something that it it takes him a long time like the whole movie that's like the whole movie is try is him trying to take that leap and um, yeah. get there he's also very I mean he's he's afraid of um, really putting himself out there in any regards so like their adoptive daughter who's been living with them for like two years um, he won't let her call him dad it's so and sad that's very confusing for her because she honestly believes that these people are her mother and father and she doesn't understand how she got there but the guy is like distant and won't uh, you know have any relationship with her which is really sad Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm. I don't know if that has any additional meaning other than just like him not able to open up or or uh, accept the responsibility. But uh, yeah, that's devastating. Seeing a little little baby crying. Yeah. Uh, we're back. Don't worry. Nothing's nothing's wrong here. Everything's going swimmingly over at horror movie talk um oh you're talking about uh he was hired to um destroy the landmines in the ocean which i'm not sure is the proper nomenclature for mines <laughs> in the ocean i don't think they're actually called landmines land <laughs> <laughs> i guess it's just mines i think one of the prerequisites mines. for a landmine is land but you know, I could be I could be wrong. Maybe maybe they treat Christ, it differently. Don't in Japan. flex on us with your World War Two knowledge. I know. Um, so yeah, he's hired to to destroy the mines in the in the ocean, yep. and they're on kind of a relatively rickety boat. Um, and so we get to meet the the ragtag team, which is the captain Koichi like a young kid that doesn't seem actually that young at all compared to the rest of them <laughs> and the scientist with crazy hair yeah it's funny because um on twitter like after this movie premiered they were like oh hot scientist from godzilla so like when i went to see it i was like see what this is about and i was like i didn't I mean i'm not saying he was ugly but i was like i don't understand why my entire twitter timeline is like thirsting over this just like... wait till your tiktok starts doing edits of <laughs> of the scientist with like sexy music in the background it's like slow motion panning across his face and Not like the fan cams <laughs> yeah well so 
Blowing up mines in the ocean has got to be one of the coolest jobs ever. And I think despite the danger, I would love that job. I would. I think I'd be having so much fun. It's true. Um, because you just like, you get the mines to pop up and then you shoot them. Yeah, you shoot it's them like with a, a gun. It's a video game, but it's real. But I guess it's like, it's not that dangerous because of like the boats they had. If they had had metal boats, like they would... Like they said, like the U.S. had magnetic ones, so that's how they would blow right. up a lot of the boats. So they didn't, like, even if they rolled over one, like it wouldn't, you know. Um, and they were pretty deep down too. So, oh, there's the there you he is. Smash. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. Sydney passes. I'm, I'm alright. Find a sexy edit. He seems like a nice man. <laughs> <laughs> What's that, Josh Hutchison? Meme going yeah, on right now. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus um, Christ. Um, they, got, they got a ton of pictures of Godzilla and IMDb. He looked good in this movie. I, I really was a fan of how slow he walked. It really reminded me yeah. of like the older videos and uh, movies of Godzilla. Like they kind they really made it authentic ish. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it's a good mix of both because you've got like. Sorry, I'm going to give you motion sickness doing this, but like you got these more dynamic poses, like he's able to look like pretty badass. Mm -hmm. But also most of the movie, it's just literally like him. Well, he's got a lot of weight to carry. He's but very I mean, big. just like the, the arms to the side, just very much like. Yes, this is a man in a costume feel. Um, it's just cool. It's fuck. It's, oh, it's like cool. It. Yeah, I mean, it um yeah as far as like the the destruction scenes it did feel awesome because yeah. it looked you know they they use the cgi properly which was like yeah yeah you make it look like realistic destruction as opposed to you know mighty Morphin power rangers um <laughs> yes mech uh pushing over buildings yeah that are obviously fake yeah, and uh, this is where we get um, Godzilla coming back again, right? Because they're blowing up the mines, and they come across this giant Navy ship that is just destroyed. Well, they were and... sent out to specifically go to that area. Okay. And find, like, uh, they weren't told that they were going to find this wreck, but they do stumble upon it, and then they start thinking... And um, Koichi's like, I've fucking seen Godzilla before. This is, this is exactly the kind of destruction that he would do. And then they're like, they put all their heads together and they're like, wait, are we fucking decoys before the rescue team comes? And they're like, we're gonna die. And the captain's like, the captain's like, we have to, we have to fight it. You guys don't understand. We have to fight it. Then they see Godzilla and they go, um, maybe we should run away. <laughs> like maybe we should <laughs> he's so look big at that. look at that <laughs> it's so great like this <laughs> him swimming in the ocean just looking at me you're like oh <laughs> fuck <laughs> yep. yeah i i think uh i i stepped out of the theater once um so like while they were doing this mine sweeper stuff they had kind of like a, a flash to like a newsreel showing the bikini atoll you know tests yeah and then it obviously affecting godzilla and then it went forward like a year and that's when i stepped out of the theater because it seemed like it was going to be more kind of newsroll stuff um and i came back right kind of as 
Godzilla was about to attack their boat. So I don't, I, I guess I missed that part where they're assigned to go check on something. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't really, like, explicitly stated. Like, no one told them that they were assigned it. They just were on the boat working, and they were like, oh, I see why we were meant to go out to this area. And they're like, oh, the the blah, blah, blah rescue team is coming with the big boat. And they're like, okay, great. And then Godzilla comes before then, obviously. And they get the idea to shoot, to, to put a mine in Godzilla's mouth and shoot it, which seems like a really good idea. <laughs> and then they do it. And he regenerates his face immediately, which was like a oh fuck moment. Like, yeah. I was watching that, mm -hmm. I was like, wow, that's hard. That's hard as fuck. <laughs> like, And it's a cool effect, too, because it's like just weird, bubbling, just like blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Now his face is back. Um, maybe, maybe I'm an outlier, but I've never liked regeneration effects in really? any movie I've ever watched. It always just feels so goofy because, I mean, I know there's not giant lizards that uh, breathe fire, um, but something about uh, regeneration just not being possible like that, it pulls me out of a movie. I mean, lizards regenerate their tails like little geckos. They regenerate yeah, not their in tails. seconds, you know? It's like, I, I just felt like, you know, he could have gone the rest of the movie with half his face blown up, and that would have been cool still. That would have been cool. You're right. I don't know. But then he would have been beatable, you know? And it would have been easier to kill. Yeah. Max, he was you beatable. know, I'm sick and tired of your stickler attitude. <laughs> um... You know, we're here to have fun. I say one thing that I don't like. I gave this movie a 10 out of 10, by the way. <laughs> yeah. If anyone should be complaining, it should be you, Bryce. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, where, where's the one thing that made you take off a point, Bryce? Point to um, it. It was the regeneration. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, there's like a... Uh, I don't really have a strong reason for taking off a point. Just mostly, it's one of those, that's like, did I enjoy it so much that I'm going to, like, I feel like I want to watch it again and show other people it? Like, that's like what, and that's how important is, is it? Like, that's kind of like the secret sauce for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of, like, um, what I was like, maybe rolling my eyes sometimes at was like kind of the 50s feel uh which is a throwback and they're doing it intentionally but also it's just kind of funny like having the a lot of scenes about like what are we going to do to defeat godzilla like okay well we have this idea and we're going to wrap them around with these uh bubble tanks and it's going to sink them and then we're going to lift them up and it's just like a lot of exposition and a lot of like explanation about how are we going to kill Godzilla um, that felt very much like an homage, but also it's just like, um, it just gets silly, you know, See, <laughs> with that's, that stuff. That's what raised mine to a 10 when I was thinking about what I was going to score it because I loved the like exaggerated acting like Noriko is so like she's so like she'll throw herself on the ground and be like do not go to work today it's like insane yeah. I love that I love the like 
My we're work does that. kooky scientists and we we can like <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna throw something together and we're gonna figure it out and woohoo we're a team and um i especially my favorite part about like the the 50s feel to it um was that they used the original godzilla theme um which was awesome like when he starts that was when, cool yeah, yeah like, i feel dumb because i didn't know that was the original theme i i was always exposed to it through whatever that remix is that they use in movies all the time i don't know if it's is it a wu-tang is, is it a wu-tang song i um, thought it was gonna turn into i think you're right that song and then i was like oh wait this might be where it came from this is like the original i did double check it and looked up the original 1954 godzilla theme and it was exactly yeah. exactly same exact everything so I thought but that yeah, was really it's cool. it's uh yeah the theme is is pretty great. I'm just expecting a hip hop beat to come in at any <laughs> second. But yeah, it's it's very uh, effective in just like showing the weight and gravity of Godzilla just fucking shit up. Yeah, yeah, and so, they uh, kind of oh, so they figure ahead. out that they're gonna be like they're kind of meant to be decoys in this kind of like mathematical way where they're like. Uh, so how long until the big ship gets here? And it's like, you know, 20 minutes. And they're like, oh, awesome. How long until Godzilla hits Japan? Like 10 minutes. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, well, something's got to happen then. And so they start, you know, shooting at him. And that's when his face blows up and stuff. Uh, another thing I wanted to mention around this scene is um, whenever Godzilla shows up, they say that like deep sea creatures float to the surface which I thought was kind of fun. There's like lots of jellyfish everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's kind of like of a warning nuclear, sign. Right. It's because of the radiation that's coming off of him. It's like killing everything in the ocean. Because oh. those obviously weren't alive creatures. I thought at the beginning when it happened on Odo Island, I thought they were, I wrote down in my notes um, that I was like fish eggs, question mark. I was fish like, eggs. what the fuck is that? And then they explain it later that it's like deep sea um, animals, which is like, I mean, at least you can tell when he's coming, but he comes right then. Like when you see them come up, it's like, oh, Godzilla's like right here. So right. See, I assumed it was like the pressure of him, like, like swimming to the surface was just like sucking a bunch of fish up, but it could also be the radiation. Could be both. Well, I, I mean, it shows up on Odo Island, and he's not supposedly not irradiated by that point. That's true. Oh yeah, he doesn't do the. Does he do the heat ray when he's there? I don't remember. I don't. I don't think so. I don't, yeah, think, I don't so. think he can at that point. You know, we gotta dive deep into Godzilla lore to interpret this movie. Um, um, but yeah, so I mean, the best scene in the movie to me is the attack on Tokyo. That's like, I oh, mean, you're going so to see a Godzilla movie, and Godzilla lands on Tokyo, and like we're norika has just gotten a, a new job in the ginza district which has been rebuilt ginza is still like the the big district in in tokyo for for business and um and so uh what's his name koichi is like trying to run to downtown to save noriki before she's stomped and and then we see firsthand just like the destruction and like the panic and and it feels very much like an updated and feels a lot more real than the original 
Godzilla scenes and it feels terrifying and very visceral like the the reactions to Godzilla terrorizing the town and then um like already it's it's horrible he's just like knocking down buildings and stomping on everyone and then he uses his uh his superpower the uh the charge up ray which is literally just an atomic bomb. He can shoot an atomic bomb out of his mouth. Yeah, so awesome. Like when yeah. his spikes go up one at a time, mm-hmm. like two, yeah. two, two, two. Oh, it's so cool. And he he shoots it, and then that's like the really tragic scene because it it shows you kind of firsthand the uh, effects of the shockwave and Noriko, 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 yeah. Noriko. Um, shoves Koichi behind a building like just in the nick of time and then she gets blown away by this shockwave and you're like oh shit and then just the the scene after with Koichi reacting is like I don't know it lands really that was well. my favorite scene of the whole movie is him just staring at Godzilla and he just starts screaming because he's so afraid and just watched everyone die and then it starts raining this like black sludge oh. from the yeah. sky from the atomic bomb the like fallout. it's just so cool yeah um, yeah i liked um my favorite scene was also in when he is um destroying tokyo but it's the radio reporters on the top mm-hmm. of that building and they're like he's right in front of us he's literally right there he's so scary and gross and awful and godzilla looks at them and he's like to the whole building and then they fall and it's it's really it that yeah, entire they, scene just landed so well it was it was incredible i was like i was like on the edge of my seat like like with my head in my hands like oh my god <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. they don't pull any punches with the concrete landing on people and just crushing them to death right. you see so much of that in that scene and like you see like you see the people's bodies like splatter and you don't expect that from like such a like a high paced like a lot going on kind of scene you, you kind of think that um filmmakers would kind of leave that like oh they get crushed and they're just underneath it but no you it's it's very realistic if a monster was attacking your city um, <laughs> um but yeah so after that obviously um koichi is very depressed about missing noriko he regrets not marrying her he meets up with the scientist and the captain and the kid and they're all drinking and they're like we gotta fucking do something about this like we gotta do something about this um and so uh a bunch of private citizens come together and they're like hey the u.s government isn't gonna do shit because they're worried about the soviets and the japanese um government isn't gonna do shit because they never do shit so we need to do stuff and they're all like veterans of the war like they're they've all seen warfare they understand what this is like and koichi is like so the scientist the main scientist that we know um the sexy scientist the hot scientist (laughs) um, he's like okay so our plan is we're gonna have two ships and in between it we're gonna have this like rope of freon bubbles and these freon bubbles are gonna make Godzilla sink to the bottom and the pressure will probably kill him and then Koichi's like wait what if that doesn't work though and he's like okay our backup is that we have these flotation devices that are going to pop out and spring him back up which like those two extreme pressure pressure changes are going to kill him mm-hmm. um, like and... their, their plan is basically to give Godzilla the bends yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
And so Koichi's like, is this 100% effective? And the scientist is like, obviously not. Like, uh, we don't know what Godzilla is. We don't know what he's made out of. Like, we can't be for sure. We we can't do all the testing that needs to be done in the time frame that he's going to come back. So we're just going to take a chance. And so then Koichi's like, fuck, like, we have to be sure about this. So he's like, scientist, can you get me a plane so I can lure Godzilla into the exact spot where the boats are so you guys can execute the plan? So then this is when he um, writes a bunch of letters to Tachibana from the beginning of the movie. And it was funny that Tachibana shows up and just starts, like, punching the shit out of him. And you're like, what's going on? And he's like, why would you disrespect me like this? And so it's um, implied that in the letters he pissed him off really bad. And he's like, if I made you mad, I knew you would come and find me. Um, so he's getting pummeled. And then Tachibana's like, oh, shit. So you don't actually think those things about me? And he, Koichi's like, no, I just need you to fix a plane for me. And he's like, all right, fine, idiot. And... Apparently, it's a really cool plane. Um, it did look cool. Mm-hmm. Um, they were talking a lot about this this plane. And Koichi has nothing left to live for. He doesn't really, like, he feels bad for the little girl, Akiko, but, like, he misses Noriko so much. He doesn't have his parents anymore. He doesn't know what to do. So he tells Tachibana, he's like, take everything out of the plane, fill it with bombs. I'm just going to fly into the mouth of Godzilla if this free-on-bubble plan doesn't work, and I'm going to complete my mission as a kamikaze. Yeah. And we're all like, no. Yeah, so the, the important, like, the two really important missing or uh, moving parts of this is there's a very strong theme of, like, him feeling very guilty about being a coward and not, you know, going through his mission even though... You know, he knows it's the right decision as well as like not firing on the on Odo Island. And so he's like looking to redeem himself with like, okay, this is the justification for being a kamikaze pilot because I literally know I can save a lot of people. Um, But before he makes that decision, there's a big point in the scene where they're presenting the plan. Um, They're presenting it to the civilians that are ex-military and they're saying like listen the military and the government can't actually do anything about Godzilla because that's gonna mess with U.S. Russia or U.S. Soviet relations um so their hands are tied um but you know we can ask you to volunteer for this and they're all you know military veterans and still suffering from PST PS PTSD and they don't they want to do it and like the the general or admiral or where whatever like has the speech where he's like listen we didn't respect human life before during the war like we didn't have the proper amount of respect we were throwing you know suicide bombers and like you know we're supply lines uh weren't being sent out they're just the government was using its people as fodder and as like a renewable resource um and not as you know the sacred human life or or whatever and he he cited a couple things that were like that were indicative of that and one of them was the the suicide bombers and just like the unsafeness of the planes and not having a ejection seats and all that stuff and 
Um, and so they kind of make it a point where it's like, not only is this trying to redeem, you know, um, the, and also it's kind of a stand in for the defeat of the nation. They're like, it, it's kind of a, a weird, um, stand in because they're all still kind of depressed that they lost the war and that, you know, they're, um, defeated. So they so godzilla is kind of a stand-in of like we can make it right and i i think they even have a line something like that which is which is weird as an american to watch you're like mm. there's like a, a point where they're like taking pride and like like no we can make it right now because we lost the war but we can make it right and you're like mm, was it wrong for <laughs> japan to be yeah defeated um, um. <laughs> but uh so they so they make that point and then it's it's kind of foreshadowing because what uh, eventually happens is um i didn't and catch I saw this, that i didn't, didn't catch, catch that in the speech i yeah I, I really well and did. they end it by saying we're gonna do this mission by sacrificing zero lives zero people right. will die. okay so there you go right. huh um I was and too then focused on the action. What what eventually happens is uh, Koichi undertakes the mission, and of course, like the scientist plans, don't do anything. Like I could have told you that a million miles away. Um, so he is gonna fly the plane into Godzilla's mouth and and blow him up real good. And um, there's a fake out, and then we realize like, oh, Koichi ejected from the plane, and he's actually safe. I almost started. Did you crying. guys catch? Did you guys catch that? Did you see that from a mile off coming up? No, I really, really was like, I was shocked because um, the captain says, "Oh, um, you better not orphan Akiko," because like, yeah. um, you know, they're worried about him because he's obviously fucked up and he has this. He's immense guilt they all know about this they're his friends they've known him for a while and um i was the whole time i was like koichi don't do it koichi don't do it and then he pulled when he pulled the the bomb release thing i was like fuck oh my god yeah. and then like everyone's like on the edge of their seats and then you just see him in a parachute and i was like i'm gonna cry <laughs> and i like almost did i literally started crying a little bit i was so happy i was so happy yeah. for him he he grew up. He grew up. Yeah. No, it was great. I I could see it. Um. Uh, because like it had the the mechanic show him like, okay, you pull this lever to arm the bombs, and then back here, there's this little lever that when you and then it cuts. And then it like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then it yeah, cuts but... out. And then the fact that they specifically mentioned the like the suicide bombers and then also like we didn't even put ejection seats in the in the planes which is like to me i was like oh yeah why didn't they put ejection yeah, seats i also thought that <laughs> like, that's a good point <laughs> like, up. so uh, they they kind of foreshadowed it of like yeah why didn't we put an ejection seat in that i could have just done the same thing and then just ejected um so i saw that one coming off what i didn't see was at the end so yeah spoilers they they uh the emission is effective after he blows up godzilla with his plane 
Godzilla not really. was already um he was weakened. Like he was sure. om- it almost worked like when they put him down and then they tried to shoot him back up. He chewed through the thing. The kid wasn't allowed to come and then he pops up with like a million tugboats and the tugboats work on the other boats. They pull Godzilla back up. He's very weak, but he's regenerating his heat ray anyways and then Koichi like goes in there, fakes out. You find out he, you know, ejects Right. He blows up Godzilla and then Godzilla sinks and you're like, Oh my god, it worked And then flash forward, um, they get back to land and oh my god. I was like, Oh my god and the neighbor who was watching Akiko was like, I got this telegram and he's he reads it and he's like, Are you fucking serious? And then he goes to the hospital and Noriko is alive. And yeah. I thought that was great. I thought that was great. Yeah. It was good. It was a very happily ever after ending. And then it cuts to Godzilla regenerating. Yep. Um, yeah. They're probably going to make more movies. I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a foregone conclusion that Godzilla movies will still be a thing. Um, <laughs> Forever. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's a great movie. Uh, I think everyone should see it. If you haven't seen it, um, and even if you're not a fan of Godzilla movies, like, this would probably, I don't know, to me, seems like an ideal entry. Yeah. Like, well, it feels like a war drama with Godzilla. Like, that's why it's so good, is it's not just a monster destroying things, which is cool. It's that and more. It was like right. the response to Oppenheimer, in my opinion. I was like, huh. Mm. This more is... entertaining than Oppenheimer, if I'm, if I'm being honest. Never seen it too long. Yeah. You didn't do Barbenheimer? Come on. No. Motherfucker. Yeah. I'm not going to go to the theater for six hours. I, I did Barbenheimer, and I uh, don't have any regrets whatsoever. I saw them on separate days, um, but I liked Oppenheimer a lot more than Barbie. So. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Oppenheimer first and then Barbie, because like, you're going to need Barbie after Oppenheimer. <laughs> um, very happy. But yeah, this movie was awesome. Um, I would... Definitely recommend it, like you said, Bryce, to people who haven't seen any Godzilla movies. If you like war movies, if you like monster movies. Um, I mean, me and Max rated it a 10 out of 10. Bryce said 9 out of 10. I think this is just enjoyable for anyone. Like, there were some, like, 12-year-olds year old, in the theater that were having fun. So, like, this is suitable for, yeah. like, you know, 12 and up, I would say. Really good. Yeah, I, I remember going to the theater with my friends when I was 16 to see our first Godzilla movie. Um, it, it was 2014, so maybe I was only 15, actually. Um, but it was like, that was a big moment for us. It was very fun to go see the newest Godzilla movie. Um, and so, I, yeah, this is really for all ages, I think. Kids can go see it and think it's awesome. So, so yeah, I think everyone should see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, want to get into our voicemails? Let's get into horror movie whores. All right, horror movie Let's horrors go. is where we check our voicemails. We've got a 
bunch of voicemails since the beginning of the month. Um, we got to find out if Robert the Farter's alive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was worried he did something drastic when HMT was going we're back, down. We're man. We're back. I don't know if we have any from Robert, but uh, we have several from this That's caller named SJI worrying. Handyman. So let's start out with him. Okay. Hi there. Um, my name is David Gay. Not long time listener, first time caller. I'm calling from deep in the uh, deep in the Puget Sound uh, region of Washington State. I was just calling because I I thought you know. Uh, well, first of all, I was listening to that Exorcist Believer episode. And it had Max and Sydney on it. And I don't want to watch the movie. That sounds fucking awful <laughs> to have to sit through that horrible, boring, like all these, all oh, this, so many. It seems like there's just a lot of horror movies that are just really horrible and boring. You got to wade through a lot of them. Um, but anyway, um, what was I talking? Oh, yeah. Um, Sydney and Max, I thought they worked well together. I thought that was a pretty good combo. You know, I thought um, I liked the, uh, you know, the chemistry between Max and Sydney, uh, between and between both of them and Bryce. And I thought, well, why isn't this the show? Why isn't this the podcast? This should be the podcast. And, um, and so I just wanted to, you know, call in and say they both did a good job. I liked that uh, format with three people. Probably helps. Um, well, I'm not, I'll just withhold all of that because <laughs> I don't want to get myself into trouble. Um, anywho, you guys are doing a great job keeping it classy over there. I hope, uh, I hope HMT is doing well. Boy, I don't have anything left to say. So you guys have a good week. Bye. Aww. Well, I have good news for you, David Day, whoever you are. <laughs> uh, it is the podcast. We did it. We did it. Thanks, David. Yeah, so that, that was, was really sweet. Yeah, that was back on December 7th is when he sent that. Oh, so wow. Hadn't, hadn't, made the, hadn't pulled the trigger yet, so... Uh, rousing endorsement from david there thanks david yeah it's not so easy when you're calling in david you know it's so easy to criticize callers like why are they rambling so much get to the point <laughs> anyways next crazy. from beyond the grave you know this is beyond the grave and i feel i've been real absent forgive me i've been trying to uh power through a buffy the vampire slayer podcast for about <laughs> three months, and I came back here, and everyone really jumps the shark on this whole, they're never coming back, and then I feel like you have an episode the next week being like, I got an update, still here, baby, and it's a whirlwind, but I listened to that Insidious review, I, I'm interested in the, the that little Twink Max. He, he, could, he could talk about stuff around here. But, uh, insidious. Serendipitous, really. Serendipitous. 
astral projection, Rose Byrne, and what's his name, Patrick Wilson, project onto my ass. How about that? But I know it's a funny tie-in of you guys talking about the Mormonism. Funny enough that uh, Patrick Wilson played closeted gay Mormon attorney in Angels of America, which is kind of a horror movie if you think about the horrors of HIV and AIDS in the 80s, 90s. Just, just a suggestion. But I also felt like I really uh, set up the fantasy of I'm in the library reaching for a book for, you know, Clive Barker's uh, The Hellbound Heart. Someone else also reaches for the book. Who is it? David Day. We both open the book and start reading it, and then we lower the book to look at each other, and that red-faced Darth Maul guy from Insidious is there. Ah! And we both are rendered unconscious in the stacks. Okay. Anyway, have a nice that. day. Wow. How did he describe my physical appearance so well with one word? <laughs> that was yeah. fucking hilarious. Yeah, oh my everyone God. loves that little twink max, you know? <laughs> I really love, I hope that um, he's okay with um, whatever fell, or if he fell in the middle of that voicemail. Well, he's, he's describing, I think he's describing a fantasy where him and no, David he, have a he chance meeting. No, he liked the noise where it was like. At the beginning where he like tumbled and then he just oh, kept talking. Oh, right, right. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, thought he got in a car wreck. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that fantasy of him meeting David at the library and they mm -hmm. reach for the same book. We Having need more meet cute David before. fanfic. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Alan from Atlanta. I'm sorry, I'm very sick, so I sound like crap. But I was just listening to uh, the um, Afterplot of When Evil Works, and you were talking about, uh, you know, uh, getting to, you know, releases and, uh, like, reviewing, you know, movie releases and everything. Our... Y'all going to do Godzilla minus one. I know y'all did Godzilla versus Kong uh, a couple years ago. I feel like this definitely, Godzilla minus one definitely deserves to be reviewed. Um, I feel like it's pretty popular as well. All right, that's all I got. Thank you. Bye. Hey, I hope you listen to this episode, yeah. man. Alan, I have it. good news for you. <laughs> wow, <laughs> this is my last message because you literally brought it up like minutes later. By the way, this is Alan again. Sorry, bye. <laughs> yeah, so he listened, and I think we talked about it in the afterpod. That's like, awesome. Just a minute later. Yeah, there nice. you go, man. We did it. Hi, this is Beyond the Grave. To be honest, I've been skipping some episodes because I'm a little on this exorcism streak you guys have been doing. Not my favorite genre of horror, but I'm I'm holding out. Hello, Sydney. Hello, Max. Kiss, kiss. Hug, hug. I haven't seen when evil works, but I'll get into it. Okay. Two things. Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin 
in a non-horror movie, but coincidentally kind of black comedy, psychosexual horror, but not moving on. I would watch that. It's like a a more grounded, uh, promising young woman rape revenge film. Two, Saltburn. If David was still with us, uh, he would be overjoyed. The amount of nudity and just <laughs> just no, it's caution to the wind, sexuality. No one even, no one even thinking twice about doing what X Y Z nasty, dirty, hot stuff. It, just for David, the wiener's flying all over the place. I'm going to pour one out for my boy David, and then I'm going to lay my face on the ground and slurp it up. Anyway, talk to you later. Bye. I really didn't you guys like seen Saltburn. Burn. I didn't like I it that much. It. Um, it's with the, the reference that he's saying, slurp it up, Saltburn spoilers, um, Barry Keoghan, his character, um, slurps up Jacob Elordi's bath water after Jacob Elordi jerks off in the bath. He drinks the bath water oh. after. Um, hmm. Yeah, so that's what he's talking about. He licks the drain and everything. Um, yeah, I didn't really like the movie. Um, not because of that. Just I didn't. There was no like real plot. It was stupid. Mm. But, um, yeah, it was very yeah. raunchy. Yeah, I want to. I kind of want to see it just because it's being talked about a lot, but mostly just because I want to see Barry Kewen's dick. So, I mean, yeah, they. It's it's. I mean, why not? Prosthetic. It was real. All Max. right. Oh no, Max. No. Uh, well, we'll move on with Adam. Hola, y bienvenidos a Horror Movie Talk. Soy más allá de tumba, y conmigo están estas terras malas. En este programa, repasamos películas de terror y nada más. Las nuevas estrenos en cine siempre tienen prioridad, pero también rebosamos películas de terror antiguas, tanto buenos como terribles. Mm, dang, we don't have Max to translate. That was what Max said um, for, like, hi, it was like, hi, welcome to Horror Movie Talk. That, that's like the intro. Like, uh. yeah. Okay, uh, Max just texted me. He said, internet got knocked out because of the storm. Oh, so fuck. Just finished the episode without me. So uh -huh. that's unfortunate. Max doesn't get to translate for us. But uh, uh -huh. one more from Beyond the Grave, and then there's some other people. All right. Hey, this is Beyond the Grave. I want to talk about the May-December relationship I saw on Netflix. I saw that movie. Which, from the trailer, I thought would be some kind of exhilarating thriller young to old lesbian relationship between Natalie Portman and uh, Julianne Moore. It was nothing of the sort. It, it, real interesting. I loved how campy and uh, soap opera-y it was. And I think I'm always going to be opening the fridge and going, I don't think we have enough hot dogs. <laughs> did you like that one sydney i haven't um, seen that one either yeah i actually i ranked all the movies that i watched last year and i put that at number four so yeah really i really like wow yeah <laughs> um yeah i haven't 
you know it's it's about like a teacher student relationship and like the fallout of that or something like that isn't it yeah it was um it was based on um the real people mary Kay latorno and Vili. i don't know his last name um but he was 12 and she was 34 um and you know she went to jail for it and then had a baby in jail that was his and then they lifted the restraining order and they got married and they had two more kids um and this was i mean it wasn't their names it was just loosely based on that um but it, mm. it's natalie portman portman is an actress who's going to portray julianne moore's character in a movie and so she follows mm. their them around in their life and yeah he's like he's like 35 in the in the movie so it's yes yeah, it's, it's about like 20 years later huh yeah yeah um also i forgot to show this but this is the shirt i wore for godzilla what does it say cop killer it says it's the brand pop killer hot sauce oh pop killer cool yeah nice thank you anime all right this one's from Haley. hey guys uh this is Haley. um a fan from houston um i just wanted to call in and say uh congrats to the new host i'm a real big fan so far um Max, Jenny, you guys are great. Bryce, obviously you're great. Um, I, I just want to say it was awesome. And that, uh, sorry, I'm not very good at leaving voicemails. This is my very first one. But uh, I am also 24, so it's really cool to uh, see hosts that are also my age. And Sydney, I think it's awesome that you're like a little summer day because same. I always love to relate to that. Um, I don't know. I just wanted to express my excitement and to see where the future goes. Last night, y'all just did the live. Um, I missed it, unfortunately, but I would love if y'all did more of those because I, I believe that would be so fun. Um, and then I guess I just wanted to say I'm currently watching Marianne on Netflix. It's a French horror. Uh, pretty good if y'all haven't checked it out. And if so, I'd love to hear your thoughts. All right. Y'all have a great day. Bye, guys. Bye. What did yeah, she thanks, say about Ava. me? What did she call me? Uh, she said you you're a little stoner girl. Oh, <laughs> you're a little stoner babe, I think. Thank you. Um, yeah, that was really sweet. You did a great job on your first voicemail. I think that, right. that was great. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Like we, <laughs> I'm actually really curious. Like in a year, we should do a a uh, another listener survey. We haven't done it for years, uh, but like back in like the second or third year we did a listener survey that like told us all about the demographics and stuff i'm really curious having some young blood and having a woman on here like if it will affect how many younger or women listeners we have um because that's always been like an imbalance it's always like you know 30 to 40 is the biggest chunk and definitely mostly dudes yeah um but yeah i mean my girlfriends listen to this now so i guess that's yeah. the, a few listeners that um, right yeah you know we'll see my wife does not listen but i can i can try to convince her <laughs> i don't tell anyone close to me to listen to the podcast no, I don't because i'm like oh no <laughs> i've said too many things um yeah Marianne on Netflix um it came out like two or three years ago that is one of the best uh horror um tv shows I've ever seen like I loved 
that show it you know it's one of those where it's like do you actually find horror movies scary that one was like really had me on edge uh really well and it's uh called marianne yeah very very highly recommended from me it came out like patreon exclusive like of us doing the show or something yeah maybe um I think it was around, it came out around the time as one of the Flanagan shows. And it was like, oh man, like it's really good. I'll, yeah. If we, once we do one of those, like uh one-off things of a horror series, you'll realize how much, how much work that is. It's <laughs> hours and hours. But uh, no, I think the, the two that like, if I would want to go back and say like, these are probably worth like actually covering Marianne would be, the top of the list um and then them on amazon oh, I've heard good like i absolutely about love to yeah that one's fun i haven't watched them okay got a couple other calls from sji handyman hi there this is david day calling from my tub um that's right i'm enjoying a nice soak after a long hard cold day of work Really regretting the uh, not podcasting anymore. You know, I just really miss it. Um, but you know what's nice is now you got like it's basically always sunny over there. You got um, Mac and Dennis, and I'll let you figure out who's who. <laughs> and then you got Sweet D. And, of course, Charlie's not there because I'm Charlie. Um, and Frank is, I mean, it's, that'd be, I guess, Bryce's mom. Anyway, um, I just wanted to say I'm listening to you guys uh, listening or talking about this cool Last Shark movie. <clears throat> Sounds riveting. Uh, really not, uh, not worried about having missed it, um, having been forced to watch it. Um, but uh, I will say uh, that you guys are, um, you know, you're doing all right over there. Seems like uh, I would like some more story arcs for your characters. I think you're kind of, uh, I mean, I know a little bit about Bryce and Max and Sydney are just a little one-dimensional, so do something about it. Bye. Did you even listen to my bathroom story? That adds yeah. character. Yes, it adds David. character. Also, David, you should have watched the live. Sydney and Max went into details on their life, I'm assuming. I don't know. I didn't watch them. Um, <laughs> I talked about you, David, and I talked about our relationship, and it was sweet. It was a sweet moment that I talked about. So maybe you should go listen to the live. A mm-hmm. um, couple more from David. These are two more, and they're just from yesterday. Hi, uh, this is David. <laughs> day again and uh and i was just thinking about a new bit that i would like to see you guys do on the show um but you'd have to you'd have to like you know preface you have to like the word out on the show where we're taking live calls and i just really like to uh I'd like to hear people call in live to HMT, have some condos, ask for some advice, maybe about horror movies, et cetera. Anyway, um, and then also I was kind of thinking, 
that maybe Bryce could stop talking so much and let these other people kind of... I don't know. It just seems like he's talking a lot. Oh, goodbye. Live calls would even... be hard as fuck to plan. Yeah, I love that he leaves and says, like, oh, figure out, like, a super technically complex issue that radio stations have to well, figure out. Well, would I be like, hey, boyfriend, can you call in and then just... Right. <laughs> yeah. Well... Okay, this is what David needs to do. <laughs> David, if you're listening to this, listen to me now. You need to take an administrative role in mm -hmm. Horror Movie Talk because mm -hmm. you have all these great ideas yep. and you can call in and share them, but we probably won't do them unless you force us to. You are still part owner, I assume, unless something has changed. So go, step up and do an administrative role and tell us what to do, and I'd love to do anything you say. Yeah, manage us, man. Yeah, why don't, why don't you be our uh, our producer in the background that handles all the calls? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it would be nice to take live calls. Um, I mean, there'd be a way to take calls, but it would be one at a time. It'd be like if someone called my cell, right. I could pipe it through my mixer. Um, but there's no, like, board that I can put people on hold for. Um, that's, that's the problem. Yeah. Well, um, we could do something where, like, I leave and go into a chat room of people who are waiting to get in a call and I send them to you one by one. Yeah. 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 That's, that could be interesting. I don't know. It would I'm depend on how many people actually would want to do it and... I don't yeah, know. we'd have to post about it and be like, hey, this is the criteria. You guys have to do this, this, and this, and, you know. But, yeah. I mean, maybe in the future, that'd be cool. Yeah. Do I talk too much? Have I been talking too much in the no. last episodes? I was going to say, it's funny that even with David gone, he's still, he's still trying to get you to talk less. <laughs> if he could talk over you now, he would. <laughs> uh, um... Okay, last one. I've been watching these. <laughs> I've been watching these afterpods with Sydney and Max on them, and uh, and it's just it's like it's, <laughs> it's like watching kids listen to their grandpa be like, "Oh, cool, grandpa! Wow, a toasted, a toasted, you know, it's heavy. You don't say, wow." What? Oh, hey, well, very good. Oh, no, everything's good over here. Not, you know, my parents are divorced. It's just a very, like, it's like a kid talking to a dad sort of thing. And I love it because it's so unintentionally patronizing on Patreon. Okay, bye. Is that really how it plays? I didn't think that that was happening. I mean, it is an interesting dynamic because... I am very old, <laughs> and you guys are very young. I mean, and not so... that big of a difference. You couldn't be our dads unless you were a teen mom. So, teen dad, teen. How mom. old are you guys? Twenty-five in twenty-five. Yeah, so yeah, I'd have to be a teen dad. But you What's know, your... I mean, if I if my teacher was Ju Julianne Moore, like oh. I could make it happen. <laughs> you know. When's your birthday, Max? What day? The 25th. Okay. All right. So if any callers want to just send me money, uh -huh. go for it. 
join the patreon yeah <laughs> no no hit me up on instagram and send it directly to me <laughs> tip jar um okay that's all the voicemails thanks david and beyond the grave and Haley and alan for calling in thank you uh, we'll do this with a little more regularity Colin with your questions observations love to hear your input make fun of us like David does who cares yeah. we love it yeah. alright I think we can wrap it up Sydney alright well um, thank you so much for listening um, thank you to our patrons um, we don't have any new ones I think the last two were my dad and my boyfriend so thanks guys um, I really appreciate it. Um, and, you know, um, this episode produced by me and edited by me if I can figure it out. But I will because I cause a lot of technical difficulties, so I will do it to the best of my ability. Um, uh, make sure to share um, anywhere that you want to share the podcast. Tell your friends about it. Put it on your Instagram story. Put a sticker on the back of your car. Um, I don't care. Um and you know we have amazon associates um and don't forget to call into our voicemail and you can be on an episode just like all of you just were 682-253-4468 and we're out all right see you everybody bye continue on the after bye, bye. good day sir sound good.